Good afternoon, everybody. We're we're a day late, but at least we're not a dollar short. Some shit like that. This is Gaming Sessions. I am David, co-host Gerald. Um, How's everybody? Oh, go. Ahead. I was gonna say hit him with it. Oh. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Hope you've been having a good day. Hope you've been having a good week, and hope you've been being safe out there. Indeed. And what were you going to say? That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of week, uh, this one, this last week was uh, interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, <clears throat> so I've got a couple interesting things that have happened. Uh, The first one I wrote down was, uh, I don't know if you heard this, Gerald, but uh, there's a group of people in Elite Dangerous that have press-ganged new players into slave mining. Ha. Is... They, they've evidently been able to do this because uh, in one of the updates, there's now a, like a fleet carrier. Mm-hmm. So, so they'll, uh, they'll recruit, in air quotes, um, new players. Tell them, hey, you know, we'll, we'll help set you up. You know, we'll, you know, come help us do this. You know, we'll get you money. We'll get you your own fleet carrier, this, this, and this. And then they get mm-hmm. stuck like a hundred light years away from any habitable or inhabited system mining, uh, what was it? Void opals or something. And then they sell them to the shitty players at like a 10th of the price. So they're, they're, they're making bad business deals is what you're saying. They, they, they somehow found a way to turn that game into a nine to five job, is what you're saying. Evidently. Ay, ay, ay. And like before this was discovered, and there's like not only that is a nine to five job, but there's also groups of people playing the game that. <clears throat> One group is called the Fuel Rats. So, mm-hmm. like, they have a Discord. So, like, if you jump to or you miscalculate your your, your number of jumps, uh, you can send them a message on Discord, and they'll send someone out to give you enough fuel to, you know, get back to civilization. <clears throat> then there's another group called the Hull Seals, and they will do crazy shit to help get your ship fixed. So evidently uh, someone decided to contact the uh, the, the fuel rats. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like nobody knew that this, I call it press ganging, but it's basically slave mining was going on. Right. Until, you know, they, the fuel rats and the wholesales got involved. And I think this was an IGN article. And they, uh, they had questioned the guy in charge of this group. And he was like, so not only am I not, not only are we not going to stop, we're going to step it up. 
And well, we're going to we're gonna have the biggest new army in the game. Or just, you know, whatever, dude. <laughs> dude, this was literally coined in Ready Player One. Remember the big corporation <laughs> where it was just rows upon rows of people um, playing the game as their job? And then if you were somehow in debt or something like that, you basically got put into a uh, gold farming. Uh, you were just a gold farm slave. Yeah. Yeah. Wade purposely done that to himself to get intel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They they literally took a uh, they literally went player uh, ready player one. <laughs> See, this and... is what I say about video games. <laughs> Video games is very much like the internet. If you do this kind of thing in a video game, because, and, and the, the explanation is always the same. Well, I do it because it's just a video game and it's not real and you can just do whatever you want. But if your first inclination is to torture a NPC puppy to death because the only thing stopping you from doing it in real life is that there are consequences for doing it, you're a fucking horrible human being. <laughs> How people act in video games is very indicative of what they are in real life. If there were no If there were no consequences. Because that's all it is. It's Why would you go, well, it's perfectly fine to just murder all the NPCs in this town. They're not real. It's like, yeah, and I feel like the only reason you're not murdering your neighbors is because, you know, police and laws and you could go to jail. <laughs> like, uh, why would that be a thing that you would feel? <laughs> so now we have now we have a whole group of people who are like, yeah, we instituted slavery. What? It's a part of the game, right? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention the people you are screwing over who are just trying to enjoy the game so you have taken away their enjoyment of the game this isn't just slavery in the game this is literally them turning people into slaves and since there are no rules against it and it's like well they could just not do it which probably means that they can't efficiently play the game that they're playing and have fun with it or some of them may not even understand that that's what's even going on. But why would mm-hmm. you do that to another person? As long as it, eh, it's like, yeah. So like the the way the way the the new players get trapped is they're invited to a private group, and the only way out is if they let you out or you self destruct and then have to start over. Yeah. So Which they're do a couple of times. Yeah. So Black they're blade. Yeah. So they invite people in under a lie or some form of deceit. And then once the person is in and even realizes what's going on, <clears> they realize, <throat> well, the only way for me now to do anything about it is to literally start from scratch, basically. I was like <laughs> Like, uh, like at every goddamn, like I'll, I'll, I'll see a thing and it'll be like, you know what? Like I saw an article this week where a dude, his neighbor 
was uh, I don't know if it's a recent article, but I, I it was new to me. I came across an article where they were talking about how a guy's neighbor got uh, ended up getting into some kind of accident and having to be in the hospital. So what he was doing is he was actually feeding their dog, which and the apartment was above his. And they showed a picture of him literally holding the dog bowl up to the dog who was above him on the patio. And he was doing that the entire time his neighbor was in the hospital. And the caption is like, this is what gives me hope for you. It's things like this that give me hope for humanity. And then you Uh come on the podcast and are like, did you know in this video game, a bunch of players just instituted slavery? It's like every fucking time some they do something good, all of a sudden two or three fucked up things happen. It's like, right. like every fucking time. So, so there's a there's an, uh, a guy uh, Dan Cummins is a guy I've listened to three. He has three podcasts I listen to. One of them's called "Is We Dumb." And they they literally have two segments. One's uh, Apocalypse Pending and Sliver of Hope. So we just kind of did it backwards. So Mm -hmm. you you tell the feel-good story about the good neighbor, you know, who (laughs) feeds the guy's dog upstairs. And then here I come like a jackass with, oh, did you hear? Slavery's Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. (laughs) So that happened. Um, in addition to that, I, uh, I finished the campaign for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fucked up ending. Come to find out your uh, oh, spoilers in case anybody hasn't uh, finished the campaign yet. If you're playing that um, spoilers uh, coming. So you might want to skip ahead a, a, a minute or two starting now. Uh, it turns out you're playing a you're, the character you're playing was an enemy, but he was, but you're brainwashed, and they used MK Ultra to put fake memories in your head, and it was just all kinds of fucking crazy shit. <clears throat> so like they went Total Recall with it. Uh, you know, I bet you. Well, Total Recall was a Philip K. Dick short story. What was it called? We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, he had known about MKUltra, because that shit started back in the 50s and kind of based Total Recall around that, but similar to that, yeah. And the last mission you're playing, like, um, what is it? You go to Cuba and you're trying to uh, stop a nuke from getting shipped into the U.S. But you get pinned down on the rooftop. And if you remember from, um, I want to say it was Batman Begins when they used, yeah, when he was in China and captured the dude and then used the skyhook to get out. Mm-hmm. You use that when sh- when you're pinned down on the rooftop and like the plane's flying overhead. You have just enough time to hook yourself up and one other person. So you have to choose between 
the female MI6 agent or this other dude that I don't even remember if I'd ever, you know, played a mission with him. I ended up hooking the, the MI6 agent up and we get taken away. Then your character gets uh, strapped to a gurney and the, uh, the lead CIA agent takes a big-ass fucking needle of drugs and puts it straight in through your eye. And that's when you start reliving. Uh, you're trying to get into the bunker to find out uh, something from the Russian bad guy. And you run through it, you run through scenarios multiple times. <coughs> so I, I thought that was interesting. I'd only ever uh, finished one other <coughs> campaign. It was uh, Modern Warfare, I think. Yeah, the Xbox 360 one. <coughs> and once everything's over, over, the campaign ends with you uh, trying to draw on his name is Adler, but I think he draws faster and, and kills you. I didn't know. I don't know if there was an option to try to outshoot him, but uh, it ended with your, your character dying. So mm -hmm. how about that? Yeah. Uh, so a, an interesting website I heard about, it's called plot-generator.org.uk. Uh, you can make a movie script, a short story, a fairy tale. It's, uh, if you remember Mad Libs, that's what this is. Like you put nouns, ad adjectives, verbs, names. I generated like a, one short story and a fairy tale, and they were hilarious. <clears throat> so if you... If you want to waste a few minutes trying to generate a funny fake story, there's a place to go. So it just you just press a button and it randomly generates, or do you like pick certain things? Yeah, it's like like Mad Libs. So like you put down like it'll say like put down three animals. So like dog, cat, hamster. Right now, five nouns, six adjectives, adverbs. You 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 fill in those blanks and then hit generate. And it'll make a story or a movie script or fairy tale. And speaking of stories, I wrote 1800 words this week um, for my uh, fairy fairy tale, my fantasy story. Congrats. I'm really, I'm really liking the four of the words that I mentioned last week or the week before. Not only am I getting more words out, I feel I'm putting more quality words out. And it's because I'm, you know, I'm typing against both time and a, and a, a word goal in battling monsters on for the words. And you're also doing it more. And the more you do it, yeah. the, you know, so. Yeah. And <clears throat> Destiny. Am I done with it? Almost. It's just getting, and I've, I know I've brought this up, but it's just getting so fucking draggy and draggy and draggy. And it was Iron Banner this week. <clears throat> and I don't know what, oh, so yeah, um, this happened, what was it? I want to say two or three days ago. So I'm, I'm playing Iron Banner, 
and I come around a corner and there's a there's one of the other you know the en- an enemy player so I start shooting at him and literally it looked like this motherfucker clicked on himself and then drug himself a- away to the other side of the map like I'm sitting here watching him just kind of just float around the corner and disappear and I'm like what the fuck cheating's getting crazy <sighs> so <laughs> so there's that and <clears throat> of course I've been playing Call of Duty so I've been playing the multiplayer for Cold War and for Warzone and the interesting thing about Warzone even though it's Battle Royale or Plunder you still can get uh, missions to do and I've got one called Undercover Reporter and the step I'm on is pissing me off I have to get 25 kills with Semtex, which is a, it's a timed sticky bomb. And I've discovered that in order to get a Semtex kill, you have to shoot the guy until he's downed, then throw the Semtex at him. Hope he doesn't revive himself in the time it takes the Semtex to explode. I've gotten three kills so far. I'm frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. I was, I just glanced over at the screen and Anchor just like closed itself. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, No worries. Honestly, Anchor being Anchor, so nothing new there, really. The fact that it was being good for so long is actually the odd thing. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I was, it did so good last week. Don't, don't start fucking up today. <clears throat> so No Man's Sky, I I was playing it for a good hot minute, I think a, a year and a half or so ago, mm-hmm. and then stopped playing it. Well, when I when I read that thing about Elite Dangerous, I was like, you know what? I want to start playing one of those again. So I re-downloaded No Man's Sky, and <clears throat> since were, there was an update that happened, and it's <clears throat> it was interesting. I, I loaded into it. <clears throat> I have my headquarters next to a, like a a trading depot. So I always have, you know, free landing because when you land a ship on the ground, it costs, Mm -hmm. uh, um, what's the, it costs fuel basically to take off again, unless you've landed in a place like on a landing pad or landing area. So I load in, I go to my headquarters and everything shut off and there's little little energy symbols all over the place and i'm like what the hell come to find out in in the last update they put in that you need power so you have to make like generators <clears throat> in order to you know power your stuff so i did a little bit of that last night uh, had to find some salvage data so I could make a bio fuel generator, which requires carbon, which give, I uh, think I had power for all of like a minute because <clears throat> it burns through the carbon to provide energy. But also come to find out that one biofuel generator is not enough to power everything in my headquarters. And I have everything in my headquarters. All right. So that's going to be a, a fun thing to 
trying to manage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they they don't just have the biofuel; they have solar panels and then batteries that can store, uh, you know, extra energy that's not being. Oh shit! There's a creeper. <clears throat> that's not being used. So I'll have to work on that as well. So that that was fun to find out. <clears throat> that's all I have. Okay. For this path. I didn't really do um I didn't do too much this week. My week was fairly quiet. Um I was just like looking into uh, a couple of random things. So uh Battleborn which was a MOBA slash RPG-like game that Gearbox came out with a few years ago, um, had finally closed down all of its servers, um, meaning that the game is now unplayable, which sucked. <coughs> I actually <coughs> liked Battleborn. Um, it had problems that they needed to fix. It, the, the biggest, when I think about it, whenever I think about it, Gearbox didn't actually try to fix the problems that they had in the game. I mean, they gave characters buffs and they gave characters nerfs, but they didn't actually try to fix the problems with the game, like needing more story content, uh, making it so you don't need making it so that you don't need a full party of people so that you can play the content. Uh, making it so that uh, matchmaking is much smoother and quicker, uh, fixing their MOBA part of the game, like, you know, putting the time in to read, like, they needed to have focused on either the RPG adventure or they needed to focus on the MOBA and then they needed to put in the time to actually fix it and they just really didn't. They just nerfed some <clears throat> characters and buffed certain characters, but they didn't actually fix what was wrong. Um, and then they decided to just throw in a bunch of microtransactions, which were completely ridiculously, like, way too much money for what they were asking for. Like, the microtransactions they put into it were fucking ridiculous. Um, so they kind of ki- – they, they might have been able to compete with Overwatch if they had actually honestly tried to fix their game. But instead, they kind of killed it themselves by not really doing that. <laughs> Um, I thought the game was great, though. I really liked the characters. The characters were, uh, they, they were Borderlands-esque, because this is from the people who made Borderlands, so all the, uh, um, were very Borderlands-esque, um, and I thought a lot of the characters were really interesting and cool, um, and I, I liked having the game there so I could play it. it. The only reason I wasn't playing the game at least off and on every now and again is because the population had gone so low, you couldn't do anything because there weren't enough people to get match made. So unless you had three other people who also wanted to play with you, you couldn't play the game anyway. Um and then they closed the servers down, and they were like, now it's completely unplayable. And then they, then they left it on their Twitter account. They left off by saying that they have a deep appreciation for the community. And I'm like, yeah. well, if you had such a deep appreciation for the community, why didn't you do what Evolve did and made the game free to play? And I think it's called like a source code. And use the source code to allow us to keep the game and play it as much as we want. But you didn't do that. You just ended the game. 
Yeah, I heard about that too. And I had I have battle I have Battleborn for Xbox. Well, when when I was going back through and and <clears throat> you know trying to cut down on on storage, I I just hid that from the menu because you know, I'd read that they they've shut all the servers down. So it's like, oh, well, no point in that having that anymore. Yeah, like, and it's it's partly because they're like, well, we might want to do something with it sometime in the future. And so we don't want anyone, we don't want to give you guys the game because you'll, because you'll fix it. They, the community will fix it. Like we'll fix it. And, and that's such a huge like slap in the face when it comes to gaming companies, because as a community of players, we will fix the things in a game that are messed up and we'll do it in our free time for free free and they won't even take the time to do even that much they talk about how they appreciate the community they talk about how they 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 put so much love and care in their game and that they love making it and then they won't even put the time and effort into actually fixing it and making it good so it's just it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and the problem is the characters I thought were good. Not everyone agrees with me, I know, but I thought the characters were good. And now that this has happened, we'll most likely never see those characters again, ever, in anything else, which sucks. Like, yo, it's like, yo, dog, I heard you like these characters. So how about we just make them disappear and you never see them again? Pretty much. That's <laughs> that's exactly what they did. Like, they... <laughs> They saw that they couldn't compete with Overwatch, so instead of making the game at least as good as it could be, they just gave up on it. They just threw in microtransactions to get as much money out of it as they could from the remaining uh, community who was still playing it heavily. That's basically mm. what they did. And then uh, it, it just it leaves such a sour taste in your mouth. It really does. At least in mine, anyway. It's just... Uh, um, but that happened. Uh, Caldeheim, uh, the new uh, Magic the Gathering block of cards dropped. Um, it is ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> I've uh, there's an old infinite mana combo that I found worked really well with two cards in Caldeheim for an infinite token combo. Uh, there's a dwarf card. It's a two, three for three that says every time you tap it, create a uh, a, a dwarf token. Basically, another like I think it's like a two, two dwarf, right? And then there's <laughs> another card that you. There's another card called uh, it's the War Chanter Scald, and then there's another card from an older block of cards called core line and when you tap it you can untap another target creature you control there's mm. an enchant mm. now there's an enchantment that allows you to attach to a creature and you can pay one blue to untap that creature and then there is <laughs> an enchantment that allows you to attach to a creature that allows you to tap it for one blue mana. So, I have 9,000 dwarves. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, I thought that, and it's fairly low costed. None of those four cards cost more than three mana. 
Um, and so it's, it's just a matter of getting them all into your hands. It's just a matter of getting them all. Um, it, and it can be stopped because you can just blow up the creature, so on and so forth. But if you don't have an answer for it, it's just you win. You just won. Um, <laughs> but that's one I already found. But yeah, they've like the decks that they're coming out with from this set are just they they're they're pretty disgusting. Like they're getting pretty <laughs> disgusting. Um, so that has happened. Uh, we officially got a announcement for Total War Warhammer Three, which has got me really excited. Um, it is not scheduled until late 2021. I'm going to I'm going to make the prediction we're not going to see this game release until December. Period. And mostly because of what they're planning on doing with it. So we've got the confirmation of six factions so far. We've got Cathay, which is like uh which is the Orient. It's it's basically Japan. Uh, it sounds very much to me like Shangri-La. Because I, I sat down and I read some of the lore from the wiki on it. It sounds very much like Shangri-La. Like, the city, people can, own, there is no written or recorded records of any kind of what this city is or looks like. The only account of it is merchants who have actually made it to the city to trade goods and then have made it back. And the reason I say made it back or made it there is because you have to travel along what's called the Silk Road to get there, mm. and the mm. and that rogue is that road is plagued by Norskin raiders, bandits, and chaos, um, and chaos demons and other chaos mutates and things like that, especially beastmen. So they it is said that only one out of every five caravans even makes it to Cathay. And then they have to do a return trip. <laughs> so whenever it's spoken about, it's spoken about in sort of myth and legend because so few merchants have ever made it back having actually traded with them. And they talk about how they have like monk warrior monks and temples and things like that, pagodas. There are dragons that live alongside the people, so on and so forth. So we're getting Cathay. Mm -hmm. We are also, Kisleave has been confirmed as a faction, so they're going to get fully fleshed out. They do have the Bear Calvary, so I'm going to be rocking that a lot. Um, the cinematic trailer they came out for everything, is it looks really good. Uh, the four factions of Chaos have also been confirmed as factions, so Nurgle, Checker, Slanesh, and Korn. For those of you who don't know who I mean by checkers and you don't know much about uh, Warhammer, I mean Zinch. He's the fourth chaos god, and he's the one of intrigue and change. I just call him checkers because I don't like trying to pronounce. I don't like pronouncing his name, so I call him checkers. <laughs> um, and I don't have enough respect for him to call him chess, so I call him checkers. Because chess is just a poor man's checkers. Uh, uh, yeah, checkers is just a poor man's chess. Sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, very happy to hear that that's coming out. They are also going to be doing what they've done in the previous Warhammer 2, Warhammer 1 and Warhammer 2 games, where when Warhammer 3 is released, if you have the previous two games, 
the map from Warhammer 3 is just going to be added to the map of Warhammer 1 and 2. It's going to be fucking... It's going to be enormous. Like, the maps... Because basically, we're invading the Chaos Waste. They're going to flesh out the Chaos Waste. Which, if you, if you know anything about the lore, has no definitive end. Mm. There are no actual... Yeah, there are no actual <laughs> boundaries that anyone has been able to record to the chaos wastes. Um, mostly because the further out into them you go, the more warp energy there is. So you get to a point where the material world just bleeds into the warp itself. So the reason that there's no real mm-hmm. limit to it is because at some point you just go into the warp and you never know when that point is. Um, so they're doing that, uh, they're going to have a pre-order pack race. We're not sure who that is. Uh, people are speculating the chaos dwarves. Um, they're going to be having, we have non-confirmed legendary Lords, but we don't have any information on which Lords they are. Um, I'm making a guess. I am making a declaration right now of a guaranteed legendary lord for the corn faction is going to be Valkia. It it you cannot not do her. She is a uh a Norskin uh chieftain who became so uh who became so what is the word uh she gained such favor okay. with corn that he turned her into a daemon. She became a chaos. She became a bloodthirster of corn, and not only that, she became his consort. So she gained so much favor with corn, he made her his consort. And if you read the books and the lore, she is always running around the chaos waste and running around in like Kisleve and stuff, just causing all manner of fucking havoc. She is a very, uh, she's a very prominent legendary lord for that for that faction. So I, I cannot fathom a reason why she would not be one of, if not the first legendary lord for the corn uh, demonites. Um, the other possible lord uh, for corn would be Belagor, the first ever chosen. So I'm interested to see how they do that. Um, because Belagor is a motherfucker, um, so I so though that that's who I'm calling for legendary lords for corn, Valkia, and Belagor, the first ever chosen. Um, we'll see if my predictions come true. If they don't, I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity. They're such obvious choices. Um, there aren't any other legendary lords more famous than those two for corn. Like, there just aren't. Uh, Not in Warhammer Fantasy, anyway. Um, uh, It will also be cross-platform on release, but I looked into that, and it's only going to be cross-platform on PCs. So it'll be like PC, Mac, and uh, Mac, uh, Macintosh, PC, and I want to say like Linux, or whatever the other third prominent one is. I can't remember. So it'll only be across com- computer platforms, unfortunately. Um, 
Also, they're saying that the Vortex map that comes with Warhammer 3 is going to be twice the size as the Vortex map in Warhammer 2. I am assuming that means they're going to add the Vortex map from Warhammer 3 to the Vortex map of Warhammer 2, like they're doing with the Immortal Empires map. Because I can't fathom them just making a map twice the size and then it getting that I like I they (laughs) they really, really, really are going to have to make sure that this is optimized because I can't it it would take a twelve thousand dollar computer to run this thing as big as it's getting. Like this thing is already really hard on PC machines as it is. Um. Like if you don't have like an S, start saving that lunch, right? If you don't have an SD card, it's really rough. So we'll we'll see what they do, but hopefully they'll get it. They'll have it well optimized. Which that's also one of the reasons I say we're not going to see this thing until December. I assume the release date is going to be a week, maybe two weeks before Christmas. I can't see it coming out before then. They have way too much fucking work to do. They just they just fucking do. They have to make sure it's highly optimized. They have to add the maps and everything so everything works together. They have to then they, – they're probably still – they the fact that they haven't even told us one of the – the fact that they've confirmed that there will be nine legendary lords, but they haven't even told us who one of them is most likely means they don't have them fully built yet. Mm. <laughs> Better step two. Yeah, so – I don't see this coming out anytime, but it, if nothing else, we're not going to see it before September, but I just don't see it coming out any earlier than December. Maybe October if they try to do it for Halloween, but I I, I say December. I say December sometime before Christmas. Um, let's see. Uh, I've jumped back into Monster Hunter World. I have missed this game. Yeah. I really enjoy Monster Hunter World. <clears throat> there are monsters that I hate having to deal with, though. Just can't stand them. <laughs> um, I'm trying to build a set right now for my hammer, because I want to go back to just using the hammer for a while. And I'm trying to build a, uh, a really good set. I've picked out the parts of that I need, but one of the monsters I have to deal with is a Black Diablos. And I have to beat them on Master Rank. And it is just a chore fighting that thing. It is just a chore. Tracking, right? Uh, it's a wyvern. Um, like it, it's the <clears throat> one with the horns. It's just this giant triceratops wyvern tank, basically. You, you've you've probably <laughs> seen it in like trailers and stuff because they they debuted it a lot, but. So back in the Monster Hunter world, enjoying it as much as I ever did, trying to get my sets put together. Um, I think the population in Monster Hunter world has dropped, either has moved over to PC, or because I'm playing it on PlayStation 4. So it's either moved over to PC, which I do have the PC version, so I might have to move over to the PC version. Or, and the PlayStation version, I think maybe the population has dropped a lot, because it's hard for me to find full lobbies of people to play with though that might also be because of the times of day in which i have time to actually play 
So that might also be it. So I might have to hit up a couple of my friends who used to play it and see if they want to uh, help me do some things uh, or move over to the PC version where it should be much more populated. Also, the fact that Monster Hunter Rise came out for the Switch and everyone may have moved over to that and they're playing that. So um, uh, also, when I was just running through random articles and stuff, uh Silento has been implicated in a murder. For those of you who don't know who Silento is, he is the guy who made the music video Watch Me Whip and Watch Me Nene. Now, this is me being really, really petty. Like, really petty. Because I read this article where he has been arrested and charged with murder of his cousin. They haven't released any details as to exactly what happened or why he's been implicated and and arrested and charged. And all I thought when I read the article was like, good, good. (laughs) Karma's a bitch, isn't it? You fucking came out with that horrid piece of shit song. And this is your comeuppance. Good. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wow, that's really, really petty of me. Because when that song, first off, I hate that song. For people who like it, hey, have fun. I don't begrudge you liking it. I personally despise that song. It's terrible to me. Mm-hmm. And not only is it terrible, but when it first came out and it was a big hit and it was everywhere, it got stuck in my head for a whole fucking week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was contemplating murdering this fucking kid because of this fucking song. Because I couldn't get away from it. So it is It is extremely petty, and I understand that it's extremely petty. I just couldn't help. Just my first reaction was like, good. <laughs> it's like, uh, but so apparently that has happened, and we'll see if more details come out about it in the ensuing months, but we'll see. This one, though, is just hilarious to me. China is mad at Canada. Why is China mad at Canada, you might ask? They didn't apologize fast enough? Can uh, Well, do you know what this story is? Okay, no. so... No, I'm just, I'm just making the joke that, you know, like, can, like, Canadian people are, like, super quick to apologize. <clears throat> oh, well, well, the Man, fact is, you're very bang on. But it's not that they didn't apologize (laughs) fast enough. Okay, so this is the story. Someone in the Canadian embassy um, ordered some Wu-Tang t-shirts. And it has the Wu-Tang logo on it. And in the middle, it says Wu-Han instead of Wu-Tang. So China was like, how (laughs) fucking dare you? Print these shirts 
it has already caused an impact in the Chinese citizens. How dare you? And Canada, and 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 what makes this so good is Canada gave a non-committal apology, just like China likes to do. And they're like, oh, well, we're sorry. This was done by one of the members in our staff, and we didn't mean for it to be like uh we didn't mean for it to be a slight or any kind of intended uh, injury toward you. Um, and if you misunderstood it that way, we apologize. And I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and I was, I was like, Canada is pulling a China on China. And I'm sitting here like the sheer audacity of China to look at someone and go, how dare you do this thing to us, considering all the bullshit China has been pulling. Dude, okay, so first, and then China goes so far as to say, well, first off, we don't believe their apology. They should clearly tell us why this is the way it is. And China is also um, accusing Canada that the Wu-Tang symbol is actually a bat implying that it was the bat in Wuhan that did the outbreak and it was China's fault. And when you look at the when you look at the symbol on the t-shirt and compare it to the actual Wu-Tang clan symbol, it's exactly the same. And Canada's like, uh dude, we didn't make it into a bat. It's just the Wu-Tang symbol. It's been the Wu-Tang symbol for like decades. What are you talking? And it's exactly the same. And China is like, yeah. And the symbol, it looks like a bat. You made it look like a bat. And it's like, dude, it's exactly the same. So China is just throwing a bitch fit. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, <clears throat> China is that kid in class, right? When everyone gets called out of the classroom and you forgot something. So you go back into the classroom and you find China in the classroom digging through your backpack and you're like hey what the fuck are you doing china and china's like oh oh I, I, oh sorry it's like oh sorry i i something fell out of your book bag i was just putting it back and then you check your book bag to make sure everything is in there and you're like well you could have just sat it on the desk you didn't need to put it back in my book bag it seems like you were trying to fucking steal something out of my book bag china and china's like if you misunderstand it that way I am sorry. And then they walk out of the classroom, right? But if you're talking about something and they think that you're talking about them, they rush at you. And they're like, how dare you talk about me like that? And you're like, oh, dude, you didn't even come up in the conversation. What the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you need to make sure everybody knows that you're not talking about me. It's like, dude, no one was talking about you. The fact that you think we were talking about you implicates you more than if I was actually talking about you. You fucking moron. <laughs> Guilty punch. I've said it before and I will say this again. China is that kid that needs their ass beat. China is literally that kid that needs an ass whooping. They, they've been coddled by their parents too much. They never think they're wrong. And remember, this is the same country that was putting up propaganda uh, commercials in the middle in the Middle East, saying that it was the U that it was the United States that was responsible for the coronavirus. That because we had the most cases of it, it, it logically it, it, it's logical that it came from us and not them. China did that. 
but they're mad at Ca- first off who the fuck gets into an argument with Canada Canada China's the only <laughs> motherfuckers who will literally start a conflict with Canada of all countries <laughs> like ay 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 <laughs> China is so full of shit it is amazing and I'm so happy that they're getting a little bit of their own fucking medicine and I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it's coming from Canada because everybody else is too chicken shit to do it <clears throat> well it's not that they're chicken shit it's just that they want that Chinese market right they don't they, they don't want to like okay so a part of this also is the fact that there's okay, so there was an issue where an a Chinese executive was arrested by Canada because United States have charges against them for like for like bad business practices. Let me see. Uh, no, yeah, she's wanted. Yeah, it is a uh, it is the executive of the communications giant Huawei, and she is being yeah Huawei. It's Ming Wazhou. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, But she's being brought up on fraud charges by the United States. And Canada caught her at the airport trying to fly back to China and arrested her. So. No, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Let me me put on my surprised face. So they arrested her and China was like. And China was like, no, you're trumping up charges against her. She didn't do anything wrong. You know, the typical Chinese government shit where everything China's do- everything China does is just all roses and is never has any ill intent. They're just the most perfect people in the world. And if you if you say anything bad about them, you're the problem because China never does anything. China is Cartman. China is fucking Cartman. <laughs> I just realized that China is Cartman. (laughs) For those people who don't know what I'm talking about, look up South Park and watch the first five episodes. You'll not only understand who Cartman is, but you'll also understand why I say China is Cartman. China is fucking Cartman from South Park. And they're they're basically saying that the charges against her are, are false being trumped up that she is the victim of uh extreme uh, of the extreme legal system I, I forget exactly how they put it but they basically said that none of the charges are real they're just fake charges that are being applied against her and she's done nothing wrong that's what china is saying um and so what they did is they then um they then detained two of canada's uh um diplomats they detained them and won't let them go. Mm. They turned around, and I don't know why this made the story or why it's so important, but apparently there was a Canadian smuggler that was that was caught, and so they, they he'd already been sentenced, but they resentenced him. They resentenced him and killed him. And it's like, well, first of all, he's a smuggler. You can't get caught doing any form of drugs in. China or Japan. You can't get caught smuggling drugs. They'll fucking kill you. So that's not anything out of the ordinary. Why do we care? 
but it feels like but the i think the reason it's in the article is because it feels like a petty shot at canada like look we killed one of your canadians and canada's like yeah but he was a drug runner like what, what are we supposed to, i don't understand like canada's like i don't understand the reaction you want from me here china <laughs> and it's like right china is just a China is China is Cartman. China is fucking Cartman. <laughs> like it's it it <laughs> baffles me. Like and, and the only reason other countries are putting up with it, it, and the only reason other countries are putting up with them is because their market is so huge. Other countries tend to make billions upon billions of dollars by being able to tap into it. But it's like, guys, look at who you're doing business with, though. You're doing business with the devil. You're doing business with the devil. Now, this isn't me calling all Chinese citizens the devil. This is me calling the Chinese government the devil. Like, they're definitely in cahoots. And this is call this is me calling some of the Chinese citizens the devil because there are actual obvious government collaborators within Chinese citizens. The entirety of the Chinese citizen population are not bad people. I'm not saying that. But in order for this government to consistently co- exist, there have to be people in the citizenry that get into these positions and continue this line of bullshit. Um, but yeah, China's a fucking problem, and the governments of the world need to fucking recognize that, admit to it, and stop looking at the dollar signs and kick their ass. This isn't, and this isn't, and, and let me be clear because someone's gonna misinterpret this. This isn't, this isn't me telling the rest of the the world to go to war with China. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is stop dealing with their bullshit a child which china is a child will not learn if you do not have consequences for their negative actions if china does not get negative consequences for their actions not only are they going to continue doing the things that they do they're going to get worse and eventually sort of in the coronavirus case they are going to do something really really fucked up and at that point it is too late to say oh we should have done something about that 10 years ago don't let a fucked up thing happen so you can so that you have to go oh man we really should have did something about that 10 years ago like we saw it coming all the signs were there but we just kept putting up with their bullshit because you know money I mean, money. But money, though. (laughs) But them dollar bills, though, that $1.2 billion uh, market, or not, the 1.2 billion people. And it's the only reason they're getting away with their bullshit. The only reason they're getting away with their bullshit is because all the businesses of the world want to be able to tap into that Chinese market because it's that big. And it's. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's like every 
like you every time you have a friend and this is me to the li- to the listeners every time you have that girlfriend who's always chasing the guy that treats her like shit and every time you have a guy friend who's chasing that girl who's constantly cheating on him spending his money so he's almost constantly broke he's paying all her bills and she's not having sex with him those negative people that's china your friends are the rest of the world. That's the relationship. <laughs> mm. yeah. oh, don't don't, don't be, be that, that person. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was so that happened, and I thought that was just fucking hilarious. Fuck China. Anyway, <laughs> um, also I came across a there's a Middle Eastern roller coaster that is set to break that is intending to break the speed record for roller coasters. Um, it is set to break the speed, height, and track length re- records. It's called the Falcon's Flight. It will be the main attraction of Six Flags Quidiha, which is set to open in 2023. Uh, it is it is supposedly going to exceed 155 miles per hour. Uh, it will travel about four kilometers or 2.5 miles of track. Will have a 160 meter or 525 foot drop thanks to the magnetic motor acceleration. LSM technology, and it will also feature a parabolic airtime hill that will allow a weightless airtime experience. Um, it will take up to 20 passengers on a three-minute long ride that offers panoramic views of the Six Flags Quadija. And let's see. And the whole park itself will be featuring 28 rides and attractions across six themed lands. The City of Thrills, Discovery Springs, Steamtown, Twilight Gardens, Valley of Fortune, and the Grand Exposition. The ride itself will be part of the City of Thrills, and the construction for this has been going on since 2018. Um, I thought that was interesting. So they're basically going to try to make the world's biggest, fastest roller coaster. My advice to those who find this interesting, don't be the first ones on it. <laughs> yeah, see, I was I was gonna I was gonna bring up uh, something I came across I think last week. Uh, there's a a doctor I think I think it was a doctor. He designed a roller coaster that would kill you. Well, any yeah, yeah I mean, you could easily design a roller coaster that could kill you. That's not hard. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was the way i think it it was like the the roller coaster had seven continuous loops and the loops were designed in such a way that i think once you got to the sixth one you had you didn't you haven't had enough oxygen in your brain to yeah that's mostly on. just speed because once you're going th- see that what this is what i'm saying don't be the first one on this roller coaster because once you're going at a fast enough speed, air becomes solid pretty much. Like it, it, it becomes sort of like a, uh, it doesn't become a wall, right? But it becomes like, uh, it almost becomes like water. 
Have you like you if you've ever faced into a really strong wind, you can't breathe. So yeah, that that wouldn't be hard to do. Um, and you could also just make a like high as fuck drop. And if you drop a person at a high enough distance, you can just kill them with G-forces. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that is not so, correct. Yeah, it's like, it, it's, it, that's why I'm like, don't be the first people on this because I foresee casualties. Like, just like with any yeah. technology, don't be the first one to pick it up other people who feel the need that they have to be the first on everything let them get it they will find everything that's wrong with it those things will get fixed and then you can buy the finished product every technological advancement that comes out for general populist use is always a prototype period don't get the first PS5 don't get the first run of xbox yeah. which they're Xbox's. already having issues yeah. with <laughs> i never get the first ones i always wait like a year or two for them to work out all the kinks yep if you take away anything from today's episode take that. <laughs> don't be the first <laughs> only when it comes to technological now to be the first one to create or invent a technological advancement yeah go for it be the first one to create it. Don't be the first one to test it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So, but uh, so that was good. And let's see. Oh, and, and then I came across this, which I I never actually knew. Uh, and you know how I harp and harp about how. Dragon Ball could be so much better than it is and how Goku is such a goddamn danger to everyone around him and I love this anime series, it's my favorite one, but fuck I wish it was actually good because it's not, it's just junk food Dragon Ball is junk food That's, it's, it's, it is not a well it is not a well balanced meal, it is not a good dinner it is junk food. It is ice cream and potato chips. And if you eat too much of it, it'll fucking make you sick. <laughs> um, well, I found an old interview with Toriyama <laughs> who flat out states that he doesn't like how Goku is portrayed as a noble and good character. That wasn't his original intent. Goku actually was supposed to be a poison in the show because the only thing he ever cared about was fighting, even over uh, everybody else's needs or wants. So Goku was never supposed to be a, like he was never supposed to be a good guy. He, like he was always supposed to be an idiot, uh, fight junkie, who was constantly. Fucking everything up for every fucking everything up for everyone else, which at Dragon Ball Super embraced. Like they embrace that. <laughs> um, and and even even though Toriyama himself is like, I didn't or I didn't create Goku to be the hero. 
he was not supposed to be the hero. He was not supposed to be heroic. He was supposed to be he was supposed to be that that poison that sort of slips in and out of view where it seems like a good thing, but it's really not because it was basically my interpretation of it is Goku was supposed to be like, I love fighting, but that wasn't supposed to be a good thing. It was supposed to be sort of like a, a, a massive alcoholic where his fighting defeated the villains, which was good, but the fact that he cared more about fighting than anything else was the cause of the villains, was the reason for pain and strife in his friends and the people around him. So, so I'm just like, you know, and then that makes perfect sense. And then I see all of these comments where people are just adamantly defending Goku. And I'm like, guys, none of your defenses mean anything. It doesn't matter what they've done in the show. His creator is telling you Goku was not supposed to be that. He was never supposed to be the hero. At all. So it doesn't matter what you say. And yes, we know what the cartoons do. The the cartoons tote him up as the hero of the story, and he has his good points. Right. It's aimed at children. They changed it for that. But that the creator himself is telling you, but that's not Goku. (laughs) Yeah, well, your Goku is a fake. (laughs) Your Goku is not the real (laughs) Goku. How well do you know your Goku? Do you know your Goku well enough to lend him money? Well, you don't know him that well. Everything I've been told is a lie. <laughs> so I, I, oh, good. Well, doesn't that doesn't surprise me? Coming from it, but you know what's really, himself. what's really fucked up about it though, <clears throat> is that this is not the only time they've done this. So they tote like Bardock, Goku's dad. He is seen as this big heroic figure, right? He 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 tried to save the Saiyan race. He fought against Frieza. He defeated Frieza's uh, relative when he got shot back through time and became the first Super Saiyan. All that dumb bullshit. And in any medium in which you actually see Bardock and have him as a playable character, if there is a division between the heroes and the villains, Bardock is always put into the hero category. Do you know what Bardock was doing before he ran back home to try to save the Saiyan race? He had just finished a genocide of an entire planet's people. Bardock is not a hero. Bardock is a villain. Period. And that wasn't the first time. Bardock's Bardock's uh, team of Saiyans were considered the most successful team of the Saiyans in clearing planets of their inhabitants. So not only did Bardock come back from a mission where he just finished genociding a people, his team was so infamous for being good at it that they were the best at it. 
they were the best at murdering <laughs> entire species of people. But, but Gerald, I fail to see the problem. In Which this. is another is thing. Saiyans do? In, the, in the DBS Broly movie, and I probably mentioned this, they retcon the Saiyans a little bit so that there are good Saiyans and there are bad Saiyans. When originally, all Saiyans were warlike monsters. Which, under the context in which that was introduced, made perfect sense. Especially since not to especially because they went to they were warlike because they were primitive and then when they went to war with the tuffles who was another species on their planet they went to war with them and defeated them and they had a instinctive need to fight right and then the the way they the way they actually got off their planet was that frieza's race found them and the whole planet trade thing and turned them into warriors for the planet trade so it actually made sense that it was an entire race of evil, murderous killers. It made sense, absolute sense. And the thing is, it was normal for them. That was just the way they were. Well, in the DBS Broly movie that came out, they retconned that a little bit by having certain Saiyans not really be bad, right? And I was like, and they, they, they are consistently trying to do that. They are consistently trying to roll that back. And I'm like... But yeah, it it was just a a new bit of information that I didn't have. And I was just like, okay, I never knew that. Like, I always thought something was weird. And then the way Goku is in Dragon Ball Super is actually more along the lines of what Toriyama's original intent for him was. Because in Super, Goku is literally a danger to himself and everyone around him. Like he, like he's just <laughs> the worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and that's basically the end of my week. Um, outside of that, not too much. Uh, not really anything else. Um. I've still been playing Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, I have to. I may have to make the decision to push everything else I'm trying to do to the side if I really want to get good at this game. Because I spent an entire like three or four hours just getting my face kicked in by not very good players. Mm. Like I've already admitted, I'm not very good at the game. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get better. But I at least am experienced enough to know who actually is good at the game and who's not good at the game. And the only reason I'm not beating these people is because I am just I, I'm just that much worse than them. Um, because I, I watch a lot of high level play on the regular. Like I, I, I like to watch the championships. I like to watch the tournaments. Uh, I like to watch uh, like uh, I like to watch uh, high level players like uh youtube channels and their twitch streams and stuff like that i like to sit down when i'm doing something else and just you know watch them play and listen to them explain mechanics of the game so when someone is beating me i understand the reason i'm losing to this is because i lack the knowledge to be able to counteract it but it doesn't mean that this person is actually good because they absolutely do things that a more skilled player would just destroy them for 
um, this is not indicative of their skill. It is indicative of my lack of it. Um, so, but the only way I can see getting good as good as I want to be at this game is to literally just push everything else aside and just 24-7 be playing this game. Um, and I, I, I can't in good conscience do that. There are other things that I want to get done and I want to do. Um, I really enjoy playing the game, but I might have to relegate myself to knowing that I may never be able to do tournaments and stuff, even though that's what I want to do. I just don't have the time to do that and the other things that I am working on that I really, really want to get done. Like, I really do want to continue writing. I really want to do as much of it as I can. I really do want to write eventually a novel and hopefully it succeeds. So I can't just push that aside just so that I can get good at this. I, I don't know. Maybe I just have to focus on one and then I can turn around and focus on the other if I'm able to be successful in one. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, it sucked. That You're telling me. Fine. I'm mm. going to try. I'm going to try a new <laughs> schedule of just practicing combos and training for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half every day throughout the week. And then on uh, like Friday nights when I don't have, when uh, I have less to do, I can take two, three hours to just play against people. And hopefully that'll improve my skills. Hopefully that'll get me further up in the ranks. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe eventually a switch will flip and I'll just, understand everything about the game and how to connect everything that needs to be connected. And then maybe I can start entering a couple of tournaments. Um, Cause I really would really would enjoy and like to do that. I'd really like to go to a tournament. I, I really want to play against uh, these top, like the top players in the world. I really want to play against them. I really want to fight them. Um, so yeah, balance. I need to find balance. I definitely need to find. Um, Outside of that, um, I haven't really been doing much else uh, that, that, other than working. I've been, outside of that, just been working. Um, I did go to, we did have a and d game this week, uh, Saturday. So I did go to that. Um, it was a good time. Uh, we blew up. So, so we had gotten into a village um, where... Uh, we got into a village that had been completely wiped out. The only thing that was left of the villagers themselves were zombies. So we uh, mm. one of our one of my team members, Maddie, uh, that's the name of the character, he is an art he's an artificer, and so he enchanted a rock and recorded my character, who is Mogus, who is a dwarf-sized minotaur who is green. I basically kind of went with like a minotaur green Hulk kind of character. And he uh, enchanted it with my voice to blare out. And it was basically me screaming my name Mogus and then Moo at the end of it. And so we threw the rock <laughs> into the village to attract all the zombies to it. Because we had some cursory knowledge of zombies and that they're attracted to sound. So we threw the rock in there and uh, they, they all became attracted to it. 
we snuck our way around them and went into the uh, the I'll say the primary building, not really the city hall or anything, but just the primary building where our DM was kind of ushering us towards as far as storyline. So we go in there, we find the body of a uh, of a woman in her wedding dress, and apparently bandits uh and the ghost of the woman was still there and she possessed one of our other party members ixia which was a bad choice on her part um but she possessed her and basically told ixia everything that was going on and we find out that it was bandits that attacked the town um bandits took her fiance they killed everybody else you know they plundered and pillaged um, and that's why the town's full of zombies. So we decide she knows where the bandits came from and she can lead us there. So she's possessing Ixia. Ix- she gives control back to Ixia, but she's still inside Ixia's body. So we formulate a plan so that we can go and hunt down the, zomb- the, the bandits. So what we do is, with some cursory knowledge of farming, we go to the grain mill and grab some sacks of grain and or flour. And we pull those in a cart back to the main building and the zombies are all piled up around the stone uh, that's creating noise. And so Maddie cuts cuts a hole in one of the flour sacks and I launch it into the group of fucking zombies throwing flour into the air. And then we throw in a torch. For those who don't know, grain or mm. flour, if it gets into the air, in uh, I think I don't know if it has to be a certain quantity, but if it gets into the very finely ground flour and grain, if it gets up into the air, it's highly flammable. So we threw a torch in there and mm. exploded the zombies. And then just waited for the ones that survived to burn to nothing. Because they all were lit on fire. Um, So we cleaned up the zombies like that. We left a few stragglers for fun later. You know, we we might go fishing for zombies or some shit. So, yeah. Uh, Because they're they're, they're all the slow kinds of zombies. They're not like the 28 days later fast zombies that are chasing you down. And uh, it wasn't anything like that. Um. So we get led to the bandits, and it is a cave in like a in, in like a small, shallow ravine. It's not very high, maybe like fifteen feet from the bottom up to the top. Um, and we get led there in such a way that we are over the top of the cave, and there's one guard outside. So the rest of the group is sitting here, and our uh, our tabaxi friend, which for those who don't know what a tabaxi is, is a cat person. Um, his name is Jade. He meets up with us, and then another member to our party, Melisandre, who is a high elf, meets up with us because she found he ran into her and had her tag along, and she decided to tag along. So they they became part of the group. So he came back to the group. She became part of the group. Um, they're all like, okay, how are we going to do this? And Ixia is like, well, we want to keep him alive so we can ask him questions. And uh, freaking, and uh, Maddie is like, well, we could do it this way. We could do it that way. And, and, and everybody is like trying to decide what to do. And as Mogus, like I decided that this session, I wasn't going to do any of the thinking. 
I was just going to make a character where I could have fun and beat things into the ground, which is why I made Mogus. And he has his, he has a negative one to his intelligence. Like he's got an intelligence like nine. Like he's he's not smart, right? Um, and he's mostly been mm. living out in the wilderness, so he's very instinctual and impulsive. Um, but he does not make plans or anything like that. And he got tired of the arguing. And so he, I just, uh, I also used a template from, um, Magic the Gathering and he has manta ray fins so he can glide for a certain amount of time. So I jumped off the side of the ravine, glided like down like five feet and then just dropped the other 15 feet with an elbow on top of the guard. (laughs) Knocked him out cold. Um, so they all climb their way down. Ixia just literally goes, catch me, and jumps off the side. And Mo- I'm sitting here like, uh, 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 and I have to roll a dexterity check to try to catch her, and I, I literally catch her by her waist upside down just before she hits the ground. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, woman, what? This <laughs> is climb down like a normal person. <laughs> But uh, everybody else gets down to the ground. We question the guard. We kill him afterwards because he's bandit scum. Um, And then we go into the cave mouth and we start searching the cave. We hear other bandits in the cave. We find a room that has a whole bunch of like crates and uh, barrels because apparently these bandits have been very successful in their banditing. Um, And we find a casket of hard liquor. So, Maddie is like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put this barrel here, (laughs) and we're going to lure the bandits to the barrel. We're going to blow up the barrel. Well, we do that, and we lure the barrel, we lure the bandits to the, and it's like a bottleneck tunnel. The tunnel opens up into the bigger room, so the barrel is right next to that bottleneck. Well, there was another barrel next to that barrel that we didn't check or know anything about so we put the barrel of hard liquor next to it the bandits come in we hit the first barrel to light it and blow it up and the dm is like well you should have checked the other barrel too because that was also full of explosive material substances (laughs) and so the ensuing explosion was like three times stronger than what we thought it was going to be and there were like I think there were like seven bandits that showed up and it just painted the wall with them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, good. No, the, the the combat engineer and me uh, approves yeah. of all the use of. <laughs> well, one of the, the things Maddie did smiling. because, like, as Mogus, <laughs> I'm like Mogus punch, and I'm like Mogus want to punch, and I and like they're in the room searching, and we hear the other bandits, and I like stick my head, and it's like Mogus here's targets, and Maddie is like, hey Mogus. Do you like explosions? And Mogus is like, of course, Mogus like explosions. What kind of question is this for Mogus? Like, and he's like, well, we're going to use this barrel for big explosions. And I'm like, and Mogus is just like, yeah, I Mogus approves of this message. And so we do that, and the other bandits come running after the explosion. Luckily, we didn't cause a cave in. Like the explosion was big enough to do that, but the DM rolled to see if it would happen and we got lucky 
and it didn't cause a cave-in. Because I was actually worried about that. Um, but uh, the other bandits come in, so we square off against them. And I have had a running trend of killing something and then picking up the body and using it as a weapon. So, yep. so I killed the uh, bandit in front of me and I picked it up by the leg, killed another bandit, then killed another bandit, with, killed that bandit with the, with the first bandit, then killed another ba- bandit with that bandit, just using him as a flail. Then, um, before I killed the second bandit, I was like, hey, DM, would my damage increase if I took the sword on the ground and stuck it through the bandit flail I have and used it like that? And he was like, oh, Jesus Christ. He's like, yeah, it would. (laughs) (laughs) So so I used my entire wrath to pick up the sword, shove it through the chest of the bandit who I was using as a flail, and then just started flailing around with a bandit with a sword in his chest. And then after we finish, we, 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 there's like, it's like another seven bandits, right? So after we finish cleaning them up, the leader who was there, once he sees like five of his bandits go down, he's like, fuck this and runs. Our uh, Jade, our tabaxi, who's also a monk, goes to chase after him into the next room, which has a ladder that goes up. And combat ends after we kill the rest of the bandits. And I go, hey, DM. Would my damage increase if I put more swords in my new bandit flail? And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, it would. <laughs> and so I was like, were all the bandits carrying swords? And he's just like, yes. <laughs> and then uh, one of, I think Maddie was like, yeah, except for the one whose sword I picked up. And, he, and so the DM did the count. And it was like 13 swords, so it came out to 12. So I took all the other swords and just stuck them in the band. <laughs> and just, and just, so just, and just kept that as my weapon and then chased down the bandit leader. Um, and then, uh, so we go up the ladder and the bandit is literally in the next room covering uh, the trap door with like a crossbow. I come up. He was he was turned to uh, I come up the thing and I'm in I, I'm, I'm playing a barbarian, right? I'm like a minotaur barbarian. So I'm in my rage. So I go at him and uh Everybody is like, no, don't kill him. We need to ask him questions. So at the last minute, I turn the bandit flail because I, I put all the swords in one way. I didn't just, he, he wasn't, the swords weren't just sticking out in every direction. I put them all in one way. So I turned the bandit at like the last minute in order so that all of the hilts of the swords would hit him instead of the actual blades. So I basically crippled him for the rest of his life, but he lived. <laughs> But uh, he did live for as long as we needed to, to question him. And then we find out that, uh, well, first off, before we can even question him, the ghost inside Ixia takes her over and possesses her again and goes to town on the bandit with an axe. And then thanks us for all, thanks us for allowing her to get her vengeance and then goes into the light. 
<laughs> and then after that, we we find a paper on him that is from a local count, who it turns out the village wasn't destroyed by the bandits. It was actually the uh, the victim of an experiment that he had run by his private necromancer, which is why there were zombies all over the place. He had the bandits attack the town to cover that up. Then we started searching the whole place because it was a pretty big cavern. So we started searching the whole place. These guys had apparently been incredibly lucrative. We found 300,000 gold in their cave altogether. And that is not including like jewelry, uh, artwork that they had stored there, like all manner of other things that we could sell for even more, more loot, right? Like we we found a cash cow, mm. um. So, so that was basically D and D session plus or minus some funny shit here and there, um. But yeah, it was a good time. Oh what? <laughs> well, I've already got another T-shirt idea. <laughs> the DM just going, ah, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like what? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, and I can actually, I can actually think of it. So, like, hey, DM, what? So, if I put another bandit with swords through it onto the first bandit. Does that give me extra bludgeon damage? Uh, at that point, he'd probably just be like, no, no, you can't act. No, you can't do any of this anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was, that was fun. That was definitely fun. Um, so Let's see. So that that was a good D and D session. Had a lot of fun there, and that's pretty much the end of my week. Yeah. All right. I've been waiting for a good D and D story, so I'm I'm I am pleased. Uh, all right. So we're gonna take a break, and uh, this is the end of part one. Uh, we'll be back in a in a minute for part two. 